Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Stop bumping your head up against the Matthew Canada wall. Oh, my God. Right? Send him back. Wherever you want to send him, send him back to Pitt. Hell, I'd even take him back at LSU if he could coach defense because our offense does well. (laughs) It is sickening what you saw yesterday from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I expect wholesale changes. So Ryan Clark certainly does not like what he sees from Matt Canada. Neither does the world of anybody with two eyes. I'm Austin Bechtold with you as the Steelers' offense continues to flounder. And late last night, according to our... Andrew Filipponi, there is no changes to be made. Nothing internally about the offense is going to change. Now, that might be a this week thing. Things could be completely different once we hit the bye. It seems like that's a plausible time where teams decide that changes need to be made. That's where the reins were handed over to Kenny Pickett last season. And things typically have a chance to change for the better. Because it it has not seemed at all plausible that the Steelers would get rid of Matt Canada, even though people have pleaded that it is the most necessary and righteous move to make, and the one that maybe makes the most common sense out of anything to do with this team at the moment. Especially because the numbers back it up, and we'll get to that in a moment. But we know this. It goes against the Steelers' organizational philosophy to flat-out dump Matt Canada, to dump any type of coordinator in the middle of the season. The Steelers don't do that. This is not an organization. This is an organization with three coaches since 1969. I mean, stability is the standard. If you want to talk about the standard as the standard and the whole cliche crap that comes with it, the model standard has been trying to extend players before the start of the regular season, and we will not negotiate once the regular season starts. We're going to sustain the coaches that we have. We're not going to make huge changes. Rookies are not going to be handed anything to them and start right away. And we've seen that with Broderick Jones not starting at left tackle. Joey Porter Jr. playing 10 snaps on Sunday. Keanu Benton now, though, has been thrown into the fire after Cam Hayward's injury. That'll leave him out a projected eight weeks or a couple weeks already through that. But injuries have already piled up for this team. It's not good. It hasn't made things necessarily easy on the Matt Canada offense. 
But Kenny Pickett now hurt, could miss this week. Deontay Johnson has been out since week two. After being hurt in week one. Dan Moore Jr. was hurt last week in Houston. James Daniels did not play. Nate Herbig played at right guard. Did not look necessarily great. Chukes Okorafor might be the worst offensive lineman on the entire team. And there does not seem to be any momentum towards wanting to make a change in that. And wanting to put Broderick Jones at left and Moore at right. Hell, it's kind of hard to do that when everybody's getting hurt. Anthony McFarlane is on IR. Hell, even your punter is dealing with a hamstring injury. And you brought Brad Wing back, who hadn't played in five years. We already know the impact that Cam Hayward has had on the run defense. DeMarvin Leal, high draft pick from last year. He is also banged up. Kenny Pickett is a bone bruise, according to Ian Rappaport. It could lead to a short-term absence. He also suffered a muscle strain. He could push it and play this week. Do you want Kenny Pickett to play this week? You know, it seems like a simple yes or no question. And right away, I think to myself, yes. Yeah, I, I want Kenny Pickett to play this week. Because I think he gives the Steelers the best chance to win. But at the current moment, the more I think about it, does he really give the Steelers the best chance to win? I have become less bullish on the idea that Kenny Pickett is the guy day in and day out this season. Now let me take you back to the draft. When the quarterbacks that were available were Pickett, Malik Willis, or the likes of Matt Corral in the field. I didn't hesitate for a second to think Kenny Pickett was a better quarterback than Malik Willis. I didn't buy all the hype around Willis, Old Miss, and the situations from his first school to going to Liberty, a guy that runs around, has ability to escape the pocket, big arm, throws downfield with basically a baseball reliever being able to throw 100 miles an hour and you don't know where it's going to go. No accuracy to his game. I was putting up every caution flag, anything that you could do, anything that you can do. The yellow light at a traffic stop, hazard, warning, sirens going off everywhere. That I did not think that this is a guy that you should sell your future on. And I sided on Kenny Pickett. Yes, because of what we saw from him at Pitt. But what did we really see from him at Pitt? I'm not trying to come on here. I'm creating a timeline of where my thoughts have come from. I'm not completely crushing Kenny Pickett. But his first couple of years at Pitt were just not very good. He had the win against Miami, number two Miami. Kept them out of potentially a playoff spot. At home, it was a great game. He was a freshman, and it showed what this pit team could be with him under center. And then it was a couple years of, you know, okay pit teams, a little bit of mediocrity. But when Kenny Pickett was contemplating after the bowl game, it was a bowl game in Detroit. It was not opportune for Pitt. It was crap the way the season ended. 
And I was saying to myself, I don't think I want Kenny Pickett to return to Pitt. I don't know what Pitt's going to be able to get out of this. I don't know what Kenny Pickett will get out of this. He returned for his COVID year, went to the Manning Passing Academy. It changed things. It changed his demeanor. He looked like a much more confident player. Somebody who had a presence in the pocket, some poise. It wasn't just a one or two game aberration where we see brilliance for a couple of games, high-flying offense for a couple of games. Yes, I know that Pickett in Canada had success at Pitt for a year, and it was great. It wasn't something that made me think, though, oh, Kenny Pickett is such a catalyst for this offense where he can be a first-round pick. No, the ACC championship team is the one that really brought that to the forefront. Was it because they were beating up on a weak ACC? Maybe partially. Wake Forest was a good team. Sam Hartman? Notre Dame? He's pretty good. It wasn't the year that Clemson would like to have. Florida State is not what it is right now. Pitt was the talk of the ACC. But that's not because all the other teams were bad. Maybe partially. But it was because Pitt was good. And Pitt had an offense that was respectable. And that had lights out players. You're talking about Pitt's team with Jordan Addison. With a running game. With veterans on the offensive line. Experienced players. And a team that just looked confident in itself. Confident in its abilities. A defense that helped put the team in great positions. The offense did not put the defense in bad spots. And my ultimate thought process on Kenny Pickett changed. From a borderline 5th, 6th, early 7th round pick to, yeah, he could be a first round guy. But I don't think that we should forget the class that he was in. Matt Corral, who was hurt at Old Miss, not really sure what his future was going to look like. And he has been, after going to Carolina, pretty much a bust. Malik Willis, no doubt, is a bust. Or Tennessee at the end of the year, do or die situation, decided to start. Not Malik Willis, anybody but. It was Josh Dobbs. And he ultimately parlayed that into a starting job at Arizona. Good for Josh Dobbs. Really smart guy. A lot of experience at NASA. I mean, aerospace engineering. He is smart. He started over Malik Willis. And Kenny Pickett was the logical guy to take. But I do wonder if it was a little bit, maybe ever so slightly, for the Roonies to take Kenny Pickett because, yes, they passed up on Dan Marino in the 80s. I I don't think that that's the case. I'm not trying to convince everybody of that. But yeah, there there were things that cast a lot of doubt on me from what I saw from the first couple years of Kenny Pickett to that last year, where he looked like a completely different player. Confidence-wise, maturity, pushing the ball downfield, accuracy was there. The hand size thing, I don't put too much stock into that. I didn't at the time. I still don't now. No one's talking about it now. So when he came in for the Steelers, you want to see what he can do. I wanted to see him start right away. 
hand the reins to the rookie quarterback and let him go. Let him loose. Cut him loose. So after Trubisky started a couple games, Pickett came in, the bye happened, and they got him going. And the season completely changed. And the two games that made me think, okay, Kenny Pickett can be the guy, were when the offense, and again, it did falter against the Raiders on the night honoring Franco Harris, Christmas Eve matchup, emotional, emotional game. And Pickett on a slant route connects with George Pickens to win the game. And then he followed it up with a sensational drive against the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, Lamar Jackson did not play. But still, you got to go out there and beat who you're going up against, which is what the Steelers did not do against Houston and C.J. Stroud this past week. And what did Kenny Pickett do? He rolled out of the pocket. He delivered a strike. When he needed it, do-or-die situation to Najee Harris, very difficult throw, very difficult catch. It was probably Pickett's best throw of the year to be able to beat Baltimore and have a chance at the playoffs. And that convinced me. That made me think, yes, he could be the guy. It really did. It instilled a lot of confidence in me, as I'm sure it instilled a lot of confidence in all of you. But now I'm not sure. I went into the preseason thinking we're going to see some things from Pickett. So many great things came out of camp. His maturity, how he was spinning it, it was different. The way that he was just commanding the offense was better. Matt Canada was his guy at Pitt. Another year for those two together was something to factor into all of it. I had a friend that asked me yesterday, he said, I don't know how talented the Steelers' uh, offense and the Steelers' roster really is. I think injuries are clouding that. How much do people truly believe that? I still think it's a talented roster, but yeah, how talented really is this team? The offensive line, Isaac Sayamalo has been a huge disappointment at left guard. He is graded not very highly at all, but truly one of the best in the Steelers' offensive line. Dan Moore has gone against tough matchups, but he doesn't grade out well either. Mason Cole has been pushed back into Kenny Pickett on numerous occasions. Chooks a core for by the eye test, what I trust a lot, is your worst offensive lineman. And James Daniels has been hurt. And then Nate Herbig comes in and hasn't been any better. He's been worse. Pat Fryermuth, through a few weeks, had one catch for five yards. Only a few targets. Deontay Johnson is proving his value by not being out there on the field. The $18 million man for number 18. Yeah, he is the number one wide receiver. I thought it would be George Pickens at this point. Matt Canada is not finding creative ways to get him the football. So when Kenny Pickett lit up the preseason, five touchdowns on five drives, my confidence was further instilled. He looks lost. He looks scared. He doesn't look right. And people were very quick to blame Broderick Jones for the sack on the play that hurt Kenny Pickett on fourth down and one. When there was a myriad of things you can talk about on that exact play as to what went wrong for the Steelers, including the play call to just not run the damn ball under center, hand the ball off to Najee who can get you a tough yard. Or remember last year 
This is the situation that I would do when you had Derek Watt, who on third and short was nearly automatic on third down and one. You'd hand him the football and he'd get the first down. Why don't you do that with Connor Hayward? Why don't you trust that guy to run downhill and pick up a yard for you? Hell, you experimented with that Kendrick Green play, handing him the football in the preseason. Didn't run it at all in the preseason, but did it at training camp, handing it to a 300-pound offensive lineman and let him get a yard. Why can't you hand it to Connor Hayward? Why don't you try to do some creative play or just hand it off to Jalen Warren and use Connor Hayward as the fullback? It doesn't make sense, the, the play calling in this system. We'll get to that in a moment. But when Kenny Pickett spun out of the pressure, and he does this way too often, where at some point it was going to come back to bite him, and it did. Broderick Jones did the right thing. He blocked the way that he was supposed to, man. He kept the defender in front of him, did not let him get the edge, and allowed Kenny Pickett to step up in the pocket. But Kenny Pickett spun into a sack, and he spun into an injury. What quarterbacks in the league spin into plays where he constantly, constantly trying to escape the pocket, spins one way where he can be blindly run into by a defender instead of stepping up into the pocket. A lot of that's coaching, man. And it falls on Matt Canada. We'll get to him coming up next. I have a little bit of a unique take on Matt Canada where I think he's just way in over his head, but it's because of who's feeding him information and who is allowing him to be like this more so than anything. I'm Austin Bechtel with the Fan Early Morning Show. We'll try to find some silver linings in all this, but I don't know if there is any. Sports Radio 97 FM. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 